Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, hello, and thank you for joining me today. I'm always so glad to do these shows and that you're joining And I'm hoping today that this will be helpful because I have a a topic that I haven't spoken on before, and so I'm kind of excited to do this. And this is going to be called Our Basic Human Rights. And so I know that we all are very aware of maybe concrete, literal human rights like the right for food and water and clothing, shelter, you know, the right to pursue a life that God has given us, the right to be treated decently, not be abused physically, But many times we don't really understand what basic human rights are in terms of our humanity and what we are afforded by God. And so we're going to start this out with this first basic human right that I have come to learn and appreciate very much, and that is the right to make mistakes and the right to be imperfect. And the reason that this one is so important is because the only way that humans learn is by making mistakes. And so we need to be allowed to make those mistakes, be able to correct them, and be able to learn from them, and not to shame ourselves, Because we all know that we are not perfect, and so we need to be allowed to do life imperfectly. It doesn't mean that we revel in our mistakes, we make excuses for our mistakes, uh, we justify them, or, or don't make necessary corrections if it's been harmful or hurtful to other people. But we need to understand that there is no way to go through life without making mistakes. And I'm going to tell you the truth today about mistakes. The biggest insult you could do to God is to not live. He paid a really high price for you to be able to fully live. And fully living means learning. And learning means making mistakes. And so it's imperative that we give ourselves the opportunity to make mistakes, that we forgive ourselves, we forgive others in their mistake-making process. And the safest people are the ones that make mistakes and are willing to take responsibility for them and say, you know, that didn't work. I don't like how I handled that. I'm not going to do that again. Now that I figured that out, that's not working. Or I, don't, I wish that I would have done this differently. In retrospect, I've learned from this. Because we know that the fool, the proverbial fool that God is talking about in the Bible is one that does not learn from mistakes. So I want you to really let yourself think about that one for a minute. That a basic human right is to make mistakes and to be imperfect. So let's look at this next one. The right to refuse a request without having to feel guilty or selfish. Now that's a big one, and that was a big one for me at, 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 at a time in my life when I was really learning about all of these things really understand that I can refuse a request and I don't have to feel guilty or selfish about it. That really and truly I'm in charge of me and my life and I'm going to give an account to God for how I live my life. And I really have the right to say, I I don't want to do that. 
I'm not interested in that. I'd like to, I, I'd like to refuse that. I, I'm going to say no. And let me give you one kind of concrete example. Let's say I have a neighbor, a family member, a friend that is without a car. And so they ask me if they can borrow my car. Now, what I want you to realize is, is that if we're being in a codependent manner or, or a hyper-Christian legalistic manner, we automatically think, well, I can't, I can't refuse that. That's a need. I need to lay my life down. I need to be self-sacrificial. I, uh, of course you can borrow my car. What I want you to think about is if God has given you the ability to have a car, that car is now your responsibility as a, being a good steward to take care of. So when you're thinking about giving that car to somebody, you have to understand the relational impact that that may have on your relationship, which you are needing to tend to. You also have to take into account that it is your car and you're responsible for what happens to it. You also have to realize that because it is your car, you really have the right to just simply say no. And you don't have to have a whole lot of justification for it. It can be your preference. We are allowed to have preferences and we are allowed to say no, that's not going to work for me today. And to not feel guilty about it and to not think that you are just being selfish. Because when we are really doing our life well, and we are really living it in a manner that is honoring God, we have the Holy Spirit that is going to help us to understand when we need to be self-sacrificial. And there are times when someone requests something of me, and I say to myself, you know what, I really don't want to, but I really think that this is something that God is wanting me to do. And so I'm going to rise above that, and I'm going to absolutely lay my life down or do something in a self-sacrificial manner. But the whole point of doing that is because I have a choice. And one of the ways that we stay out of that victim position is I recognize that God has given me a choice, that it is my life. My life is a gift to me to spend however I choose to spend it. And I choose to spend it honoring God and others as best as I can. So when I realize that this is a choice, that anything self-sacrificial done in a codependent manner or if you're feeling coerced or you're feeling like you don't have a choice and you have to let your neighbor borrow your car, that doesn't honor God in any way, shape, or form. The way that I honor God with being self-sacrificial is that I realize I don't have to do it, and I choose to do it. And so I'm doing it in an honest manner. Let's look at this next one. I have the right to judge. You have the right to judge your own behavior and take responsibility for your own actions. So this is really important as an adult, that I have the right to judge my own behaviors. Because again, really, in the, law, in, in the course of time, I will be answering to God, I will not be answering to you. And if I am answering to God, and I live my life in that way, I will probably more often than not treat you very, very well. If I know that I am answering to God and giving an account for what my life is about, I can probably be pretty much guaranteed that the way that I treat others is going to be very decent and very loving. So I'm an adult. I need to be judging my own behavior. And I need to be asking God to shine light in those dark places and to search me, to try me, to know me. So I have the right to say, you know, I, I, I accept the fact that you may not like how I handled that situation. I accept that. I respect your opinion. And I'm okay with what I did. I believe I did the right thing. I would do it again. And I'm confident about my behavior. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't take 
people's opinions seriously, especially if they're close to me and I respect them. But ultimately, I'm the one that is determining whether or not my behavior is acceptable, and I'm the one that's taking the responsibility for whatever those actions were. So if, if I do a behavior that brings about some uncomfortable responses from people, then I need to take responsibility for that and realize that they may not like what I do, and I have to be okay with that as well. So let's look at this next one. I have the right to offer no reasons or excuses for justifying my behavior. Now, when you hear this, I really want you to understand that relationally that may not be wise. But I need to start with understanding where the foundation lies. And the foundation of me having my life and me taking ownership of my life means that I really don't have to offer you any reasons, excuses, or justification for what it is that I'm doing. Now, when it comes to relationships and people that I'm close to, it probably will be helpful information if I give to people that I'm close to, that I'm working with, that I'm working for. Hey, listen, let me explain to you the reasoning behind why I've done what I've done. Or if I've made a huge big mistake, I might want to say to them, you know, I'm not, I'm not making excuses for this, but I really do want to give you an explanation. I really want you to understand the learning curve and what I got out of that mistake-making process. And so there is a difference between explanation and excuses. And so we don't want to give excuses. We do many times offer explanations. But the point that we want to talk about today is, ultimately, the only one I'm going to be talking to is God. And if I'm doing that well, then I will be very healthy in the way I relate to you and very respectful in the way I relate to you. So when we say, I have the right to offer no reasons or excuses, I'm saying foundationally that that is a, that is a given right, that I don't have to offer those, but I probably, most likely, will want to if I'm doing relationship. So I have the right to change my mind. And this is really important in today's world, especially, that part of being an adult says, you know what, I can commit to something and I, I really can change my mind. I can really say to someone, you know, I, I really want to apologize. I'm not going to be able to follow through with that, with that commitment. I have some new information. Something has changed in my life. I'm really not going to be able to follow through with that. And I really want to let you know as soon as possible. Or I have the right to say, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry I spoke too soon. I shouldn't have agreed so quickly because I'm really, I, I, I have changed my mind and I'm really not going to be able to do that, nor, or maybe I don't want to. And it's really okay for me to say I don't want to because we're allowed to have preferences. We have the right to have a preference and an opinion. So I have the right to feel and express feelings, including anger, as long as I don't violate others' rights. And this is imperative when we think about being fully human, fully alive. Humans are emotional beings. We're made in the image of God. God is an emotional God. One of the things that God does very well is express his feelings without being sinful or abusive. So we see the life of Christ. He had all the feeling range, full feelings, all the way from sadness, anger, anxiety, happiness. And so what we want to do as humans is healthy humans, is be able to express our humanity, which is expressing emotions, and we want to do that in a way that is healthy. It doesn't always mean it's going to be comfortable. It doesn't always mean it will be pleasant. But I can always express a feeling 
in a healthy manner without violating others' rights. So part of what I have the right to do is express negative feelings. What I don't have the right to do is violate someone else in the process. So it's really important that we recognize that although feelings, negative feelings are not always comfortable and people may not like it, they may not want to know about it, I still have the right to express a negative feeling, especially if I'm doing it in a way that is healthy and respectful to other people. So I hope that this is helping as we talk about basic human rights and really understanding that this is part of the relational process, that as we understand our human rights, we also then understand our choices and that I can have a choice to give away or to give up that right. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me again as we complete and finish basic human rights. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so glad that you joined me today. And before we get into our topic, I want to encourage you to always look at my website, CynthiaHyatt.com, and you can find that at C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. It's spelled just the way that it sounds, Cynthia Hyatt. You can also look on Facebook and like my Facebook page because I've got lots of really fun things on there, lots of inspirational, devotional things and information about where I may be speaking or singing. So today we are talking about basic human rights and we're going a little bit farther than just our basic human rights in terms of I have the right to be, you know, not beat up. I have the right to not be physically, sexually, emotionally, spiritually abused. Uh, I have the right to, to have air, water, clothing, food. These are basic human rights. So we're going to go a little bit farther, and we're going to say, what does it really mean to be a human relationally in this world and really living the life that God has given me? And so one of those basic human rights that we started the show with today was the right to make mistakes and to be imperfect. And the reason that it's so important to understand this human right is because Humans can't learn without making mistakes. So we can't be fully human. We can't really achieve and become all that God has created us to be if we're not willing to make mistakes. Now, that doesn't mean that we blithely go through life just, you know, whatever happens, happens, and you just have to be okay with it. That's not relational, and that's not a right. It's not a right that we have to mess up somebody else's life. We don't have that right. So it's imperative that when we're understanding this whole idea of mistake-making, that we're honestly living our life doing the best that we can, and we're going to make mistakes in the process. And what we do is not guilt or shame ourselves over that, but we certainly take responsibility for the effect. We fix it as best as we can. We make uh, amends, apologies, whatever that may be. We give explanations as to maybe how that happened, what our thought process was. It doesn't mean we're giving excuses, but we certainly maybe are, are giving some explanations so that people can understand our heart a little bit better. So when we're looking at human rights, we're understanding that God has given us the right to live. He's, he bought and paid for our life with a very high price so that we could have a life. So one of the things that he did to give us a life was to lay down his life. Well, the reason that concept is so important is to realize that when God realizes his own rights, it's a choice for him to lay them down 
or to put them aside and to say, I do have a right to, to request that. I have a right to expect that. I have a right to, to want that. I have the right to do that behavior. But do I really want to do that? I have a choice as to whether or not I assert that right. So what's really important when we are talking about human rights is that having a human right doesn't mean that I'm, I'm, I'm necessarily going to assert it every time. Because part of being a Christian means that I lay down many of my rights, I, that I am self-sacrificial. So I want you to really understand that foundational concept so that you can realize how powerful it is when I understand my own rights and I actually then choose to lay them down. And what that does for the kingdom of God, what that does for my relationships. So we left the last segment on the right to change our mind and the right to feel and express feelings, including anger, as long as it does not violate someone else's rights. So one of the things that, you know, I do all day in helping patients is learning how to express feelings appropriately. Because what many times happens in relationships is it, oh my gosh, we don't want to express that negative feeling because it messes up the relationship. And so I end up stuffing the feeling and pretending like I'm not hurt or not mad or not scared or not disappointed, not irritated, annoyed, whatever that negative feeling may be. I, instead of choosing to lay down that right and say, you know, I, I have this feeling and I'm not going to assert that right now. I'm going to choose not to do that. Instead of it being a choice, it becomes a survival. Like, oh, that'll kill me. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stuff that feeling because if I share it, it's going to get worse. It's going to be terrible. They're going to be mad at me or, or I'm going to hurt their feelings. Whatever that, whatever that response or reaction that you're worried about, whatever that may be. So instead of really choosing to not express, we are, we are actually giving up. We are giving away. We are acquiescing. And, and that isn't a choice. That's a victim position. That means that I really am not allowed to or can't. And so it's important that, I, that, that we learn, wow, I have a whole realm of negative feelings because I'm human, just as God being God, an emotional God has a lot of negative feelings too. So we can learn from God, learn from Jesus, learn from other people, healthy individuals, as to how to appropriately express negative feelings. Because I do have a right. I have a right to express a negative feeling. I have a right to say I'm disappointed in how you handled that. I have a right to say, you know, I, I don't like the way you're talking to me. And, I, and I, I'm going to ask and require that you don't talk to me that way. I have a right to do that. I have a right to say, hey, you hurt my feelings. And that was painful for me. And I want to talk about it. Because that's how we heal relationships. So let's look at this next one. I have the right to be competitive and to achieve. That's part of being human. Humans compete. We've been competing since the beginning of time. It's one of the things that causes us to rise to a higher level of, of actualization. It's one of the things that causes us to be a bigger, better version of who we are. It stretches us. It causes us to exceed our own, what we think are our own limitations. So I have the right to absolutely compete, and I have the right to achieve goals. And I have the right to surpass other people in goal setting. What I don't have the right to do is to judge someone and think I'm better than them. Okay, that's not a basic human right. That's just being judgmental and, and nasty. But I do have the right to push myself beyond what I might be able to think I could do and to, be, to really go after that. 
have the right to enjoy competition. I don't have the right, though, to make that competitive event something more than what it is. Because we're not looking at competition as a way to increase our value. We're not looking at it as a way to put people down. We're looking at it as a way to spur each other on to do better. So it's important that we understand that any of these rights, when they are asserted, are done to cause us to be better and done to cause the people in our lives to be a better version of themselves as well. So I'm hoping that this is helping because a lot of times we don't talk about a reference point or a foundation of what really is a right that I have that I can expect so that I can understand if I have that right, whether or not I want to assert it or whether or not I choose not to assert it, whether I want to lay it down, give it up, give it over. So this last one we're going to end on this segment is the right to enjoy rest and leisure. And I want you to really think about that. I have the right to enjoy rest, downtime, and leisure time. And if you want any information about more about rest and leisure and what God's perspective is on that, I really want to encourage you to um, go to my website and look at the radio link because all the podcasts are on there and look at the show called Twilight. And I talk a lot about how God has built into our day times for retraction, times for being more reclusive, times for for shutting down, and then exerting our energy to come back. And so God has set it up for us to have rest and leisure if we are willing to take it. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next hour as we talk about our basic human rights. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. And this is Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I want to encourage you to check out my website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com. And that is spelled just the way it sounds. It's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. And make sure you check out my Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's I-N-C for Incorporated. And... You can like that page, which is wonderful, and it has a lot of really fun, uh, inspirational, encouraging things. And so I want to start this show again. We're at the last half hour of the show, and we are talking about basic human rights. And so if you just joined us and you haven't been able to listen to the, the entire show, you can always go to my website, and there are podcasts that you can listen to the show. And this one's called Our Basic Human Rights. So we left off on we have the right to enjoy rest and leisure. And this is really important to understand that when God establishes humans and the world and and the principles, um, universal principles that go into how everything works, when we talk about rights, we are not talking about a selfish thing. We are talking about people like like basic ones that we all know about are the, the right to have air, okay? God has established that. That is for anybody. It doesn't matter if you're a criminal or not a criminal. It doesn't matter if you are three years old or 60 years old. You have the right to breathe the air he's created for you. So these basic human rights are kind of the human rights that are about our emotional realm, our psychological, our spiritual realm, 
the way that we live, the way that we interact with others. And so one of the things that we want to remind ourselves is in this workaholic world that we live in, we have the right to enjoy rest and leisure. And God has built that into the system. One of the reasons we have a 24-hour day is God knew we probably wouldn't stop until we dropped. And so he gives us this time, and, and the whole world sleeps. Animals sleep, plants sleep, people sleep, and we all realize that we have a right to sleep. We have a right to rest. And we don't always have to just rest six hours a night or five hours a night or eight hours a night. We can take breaks during the day. And the more that we understand the way that humans work, the more powerful we understand that process to be. And I'm constantly telling clients, you need to take a brain break. The same way that your muscles would tell you to stop working and rest, well, your brain wants to tell you that, that as well. And one of the ways that your brain tells you it needs a rest is if you're having a harder time thinking and pulling things together and you're not remembering things and you're getting frustrated and, and you're getting overwhelmed and your brain is kind of like shutting down. You probably need to say, you know what, I need to take three minutes, five minutes and just stare out the window. Or I need to, to um, do a different brain activity like do a crossword puzzle or word search or, or any of the, the silly games that you might have on your phone. Do that for two minutes. Just give yourself a break. But better yet, close your eyes. Take a lot of deep breaths. Really refocus and focus on the word peace. Focus on the word Jesus. And that is a great two-minute, three-minute rest. And you will be amazed at how much more energy that you have during the day. So we have the right to enjoy rest. We have the right to enjoy leisure. And leisure many times is vacation. And so we have the right to really enjoy the life God has given us and to not have to always justify it. And to say to people, I'm taking a vacation. Well, I haven't taken one for two years and hope that nobody is guilting you about taking three days off. But you really want to confidently say, I'm looking so forward to this vacation. I'm looking so forward to being able to enjoy the world God has made, to enjoy my family, to enjoy some time to read. Because the more confident you are, the more confident others will, will, will also be. So we have the right to enjoy rest and leisure. We also have the right to have our needs considered as important as others. And many times I'm telling clients, you know, you need what you need. You don't have to explain it, justify it. It doesn't mean that everybody has to meet it, okay? It's my job to meet my own needs. But I don't have to explain and justify, make excuses, or convince people of my need. If they don't understand the need, if they don't accept the need, if they don't like the need, well, there's nothing I can do about that. But it doesn't mean that my need is not important or not valid. So it's really important to say, you know, I have the right to have my needs considered just as important as others, even if they don't understand them or accept them. And I can require that. And one of the things that happens is, is if you're not really validating the needs that I have, then it may jeopardize some of our relationships. Because as an adult, knowing that I'm answering to God at the end of my life for everything that I have done, he helps me to recognize what my unique needs may be to help me know how to take care of me. So we obviously know that a need that someone may say that they have, well, I have a need for um, $2,000 a day. No, that, that, that's, a, that's a request, right? But we do know is that I need to rest. I need to have sleep. I need to have a good diet. I need to exercise. I need to connect with others. I need to be able to express myself. And so 
very important that we respect our own needs. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we finish up our basic human rights. Well, thank you for joining me in this last part of our show today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and today's show is Our Basic Human Rights. And we've been talking a lot about understanding rights. And because many times in the Christian world when we say, well, I have a right, it, it automatically sounds selfish. And what you understand is this is part of why Jesus came to, to the world, was, was to save captives to protect people that all of their rights were being violated one of the reasons he was so angry about what was going on in the temple at that time and why he absolutely had was outraged and raged throughout the temple was because the rights of the people to come to the temple to experience God were being violated so you have to understand that rights are, are, are a human concept that God wants us to understand. He wants us to understand that he has given some basic human rights because that's what makes humans work. And the more that we respect them, the healthier that we are. And the better I understand my own rights, the better I am able to give them up, to lay them down, and to be sacrificial as God would, would require or request of me. So I have to have a foundation of understanding what is truly a right so that I can know where it is on the continuum as to whether or not I want to assert it, whether I want to lay it down, whether or not it's being violated, and whether or not I'm acting in a codependent manner and becoming more of a victim. So it's very important that you really get and understand why rights and understanding them are part of being a healthy adult. It's one of the ways we protect the people that we love. We have children that we know they have rights and they're not usually able to assert them so we assert it for them that's our job we do this for animals as well we do it for the planet as well so rights are a part of protecting if we do it appropriately so we left the last um, the last part of our show on this need to have our rights considered as important as others it doesn't mean that somebody else may agree with my my need may understand it may like it or is even required to meet the need. But I do have a right to have it respected, even if they don't agree. Now, we always want to remember that if my right is violating another person's, I'm not doing that right correctly. I'm not asserting my rights correctly if I'm violating other people. Now, violating does not necessarily mean being uncomfortable. People may be uncomfortable when I assert that right. That is different than violating them. So the next one, let's look at this. I have the right to arrange my own priorities. So I really do, if it's my life and God has given it to me and I'm responsible to him for being a good steward of my own life, it would make sense that I would have the right to arrange my own priorities because I am answering to God. And so I have the right to say, you know what? This one's the top of the list for me and that one's going to get done today and that needs to be done today. Or this one's really important to me. It's really important that I, time, that I spend time with this person. Really important that I take a break. Really important that I spend my money in this way. These are, these are my priorities, and I have a right to arrange them. And I want you to understand that the, the reason that we're bringing this out into the open, it makes it sound really um, intense, kind of aggressive maybe. 
But when I am doing this appropriately, when I'm doing it in a mature manner, people very rarely know that I'm taking care of what my rights are. Because the majority of people are not going to necessarily violate them, and if they are, they're going to know that they did. And I still can do that in a humane, mature, and healthy way when I confront somebody on them violating a right. So the healthier I do it, the less you ever have to actually know about it. So it isn't like I'm going out just, you know, busting through all kinds of things and and setting all these big, huge boundaries and asserting myself, and everyone's like, wow, here comes Cynthia. The better I manage it, the better I understand my own rights and how to protect those, the less people are affected. So it's really important that we understand this process. So I have the right to arrange my own priorities. How about this? I have the right to have my opinions respected. I really want you to know that you have the right to have your opinions respected, no matter how crazy or wacky somebody thinks they are. They are your opinions. And so when I am in in a disagreement with someone, I always want to remind myself, I I may profoundly disagree with their opinion, but I still know they have a right to their opinion, and I need to respect it. So respecting someone's opinion does not mean I agree with it. And it doesn't mean I'm going to be judgmental and, and condescending either because that's, that's violating. That, that's, that's very unhealthy to do. So when I respect someone's opinion, I say, you know, I respectfully disagree. I have a very different way of looking at this. I have a lot of different information that I think is valid. I've thought about this opinion. I've worked this through. I'm really committed to my opinion, and I, I get that we don't agree. And I still respect the fact that that's your opinion. So it's really important that I require that people respect mine, but I also respect theirs. So I have the right to be independent. This is really, really important. And independency within relationship means I have a right to express the things that we're talking about today. That's part of being my own agent. That's part of being having some autonomy, that I'm, an, I'm a grown adult, and, and I have the right to be independent. Now, if I'm in a marriage, what I say to couples frequently, you can't be single and married at the same time, all right? That's not what we're talking about. I'm not talking about acting like a single person within a committed relationship because that violates the relationship. But it means that I have the right to be independent, to have my own thoughts, my own desires, my own needs, my own wants, my own dreams, and I have a right to assert them. It doesn't mean they're always going to happen, but I do have the right to have them. How about this? I have the right to say I don't know or I don't care. I know that that may sound harsh to some of you. It doesn't mean that I express it that way, but I need to realize and give myself permission to know I really have the right to say to somebody, you know, I don't know, I have no idea. And I don't have to put a whole bunch of mental energy in figuring it out either. I don't have to have an answer for everything for everybody. And I really have the right to say I'm not really interested I don't really care about that topic. I'm not saying it's not important to you, to me, for whatever reason. That's not one of the top priorities for me. So I really don't care. If that's how you feel, that's great. I don't really have an opinion on it. I don't. Not only do I not have an opinion, I don't think I even care enough to try to go make one. And I really have the right to say that. I really have the right to feel that. How about this? I have the right to get what I pay for important. That doesn't mean that I'm going to assert that right every time. There are many times if I'm at a restaurant, there's a lot of reasons why I might not have gotten what I paid for. Sometimes I'm going to assert that. Sometimes I won't. 
But it's important for me to understand I have that right. If I choose to assert that, that doesn't make me a mean, unchristian person. That makes me a responsible, mature adult with the resources God has given me. So how about this? I have the right to ask for information from professionals. And in today's world, this is imperative. It used to be when I grew up that we saw adults and we saw professionals, police officers, pastors, lawyers, doctors, teachers, as the authority, and we deferred oftentimes to their education because we didn't either have the information that they had available to us or we didn't have the time to understand it, whatever that may be, we deferred to them. They were the expert. What they said goes. Well, we don't live in that world now. In the world that we have now, we have access to a lot of information, and it's important for us as adults to take advantage of that. And so I have the right to come into a professional and say, here are my questions. Or when they give me some kind of a, um, a conclusion or a recommendation that I say, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. I need some more information as to why you're recommending that for me. Or I have the right to get a second opinion. I have the right to say to them, that doesn't sound right to me. Now, if they are offended by that, I may need to find another professional. But you have the right to question professionals. You have the right to question pastors and say, you know, I heard you say that on Sunday. That doesn't make sense to me, or that seems off to me, or that's not what I've been taught in the past. Could you explain that to me? Now, when I question professionals, I always do this in a respectful manner because I want to respect the work that they've done to get to the, the place that, they have, that they've achieved. It doesn't mean, though, that I'm less than or I'm one down. So it's important that we realize we do have the right to get what we pay for, and we have the right to ask for information from professionals. So this next one we're going to talk about, we've kind of talked about the whole entire hour, and that is I have the right to decide when to be assertive. And so somebody in your life may say, you need to go stand up for yourself there. You need to go confront that person. And I have the right to say, you know, I do. I do have the right to do that, and I don't want to do it. I don't care enough about it to do it. It doesn't matter enough to me. Or I don't want the headache, I don't want the hassle, whatever that may be. But if I decide not to assert myself, it's important for me that I understand why I'm not asserting myself. And if it's simply because I'm too afraid of what the response is, that's not a good reason. Because we want to remind ourselves that having rights, knowing our rights, being able to assert our rights helps us not to ever get in a victim position. I'm not in a one-down position. And I want to learn how to assert myself in a healthy manner so that I am not disrespectful and I'm not violating. So I need to be very clear as to why I choose not to assert myself. If I choose not to assert myself for inappropriate reasons, for unhealthy reasons, out of fear, insecurity, whatever that may be, what, will, what that leads to is resentments. That leads to offense. It leads to being insulted. It leads to um, walls in relationship that may not necessarily need to be there. It leads to gossip oftentimes because then I might go and talk to somebody else about the very thing I'm supposed to be talking to that other person about. So I have to be very clear that if I choose not to assert myself, that it's because I really choose not to and I'm really okay. That I'm over it, I got over it, I don't want to put the energy into it and I'm really okay with it which means I don't have to gossip about it, which means I don't hold hidden resentments and have forgiveness issues. So this is one of the things of being a healthy adult 
as to how to know if I am appropriately choosing not to assert myself. So how about this last one? The right to not be responsible for another's attitudes and feelings. Let me say that one more time. I have the right to not be responsible for your attitudes and your feelings. Now this is, I'm going to take a little bit of time here because this is really, really important in today's world. And I want to give you kind of a, a historical or big picture issue. Um, prior to like maybe the 80s, uh, where we really started to understand codependency and people feeling so responsible for other people's feelings. Prior to that, that certainly was unhealthy. And then we started learning about boundaries and we started saying, you know what, that's how you feel and I don't have to feel guilty about how you feel and I said no to you and you're unhappy with me and I don't have to be responsible for you being unhappy because I said no. Absolutely. What's happened though is we've gone to the far end of the extreme and people are living however they want to live and if you're upset with it, well, sorry, dude, that's your problem. Oh, sorry, that's your bad. I don't, I don't know what to tell you, but you know, it's unfortunate for you. And what we want to recognize is that I am absolutely responsible for some of the feelings that people have. It may not mean that I've done something wrong. It also doesn't mean that I necessarily am going to be able to fix it. But if, I, if, I, if you were sitting in front of me and I hit you in the head, I'm absolutely responsible for the pain you have. The problem is you're responsible because it's your body. You have to go get it healed. So we really want to understand that when I'm being appropriately assertive and someone's uncomfortable about that, I don't have to feel guilty because they don't like what I said. That doesn't mean I did a bad thing. If I'm violating an inappropriate, I absolutely am responsible for that, and I need to make amends for that. So we really want to understand this difference of I'm not responsible for the way that you are feeling and the attitudes that you have in the life that you are living. I am absolutely responsible for how I affect you, and some of the effect I may have on you may be negative. And I need to understand how that happens. And if I've, done, if I've done it in a healthy manner, if I'm living my life healthfully and you're uncomfortable, then I understand that, but that doesn't make me responsible. So I'm hoping that this really helped today to understand our basic human rights, how to lay them down appropriately, how to assert ourselves appropriately. And I hope you have a wonderful week. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Please visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com or Facebook, Cynthia Hyatt, encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at faithtalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.